Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Has it ever occurred to you how many times we use the word amazing? This afternoon, we're going to watch the NFL, and sooner or later, somebody's going to say, that was an amazing catch. Well, that's what the guy's paid to do, catch a ball. It's amazing, right? Like, if you're an Auburn fan, at the end of the George game, you know, you, know you said, that's amazing. You know what I said? How stupid. Like, if, you, if, if you're an Alabama fan, at the end of the Auburn game, you, you said, how amazingly stupid. Right? I mean, we use that term for all kinds of things. I mean, it's, we, we use it for, for funny things, for political things. We use them for, you know, stupid things. We use them for athletic things. We use them for political things. We say things like, that's amazing. But you know what I've found is that most of us don't think spiritual things are amazing. We kind of forget how amazing the Christmas story is. I mean, we just kind of take it all for granted. I mean, you know, Jenny and the girls and I went to this home out near Brookhaven. I've never seen so many inflatables. I mean, it was hanging from the roof. It was on the front of the house. It's like 240 inflatables in one yard. You couldn't even see the house. You couldn't see the yard for the inflatables. You know what people were saying? That's amazing. You know what I thought? What fool put all that mess up and he's got to take it back down. I mean, seriously, it's just crazy how amazing things are. I mean, it's interesting. The, the, the dictionary, even when you try to look up amazing, here's what it says. As causing amazement. Did I really need Webster's to tell me that? Okay, listen to the rest of it. Great wonder or surprise. And then it uses this example. The, the Webster says, we might use the word amazing to describe anything from a good meal to an unexpectedly positive medical report. So amazing fits anywhere from that is a great banana pudding to, hey, you don't have cancer. And everything in between is amazing, right? I mean, it's amazing. But you know, the fourth week of Advent, we started the first week was about be ready. And now the fourth week is to be amazed. What is it to genuinely be amazed? Different things amaze different people. If, if you think about it, if you post some deep spiritual truth on, on Facebook, like four people like it, you post a picture of Phil Robertson and his beard, and 10,000 people will say, you go, Phil. Interesting, isn't it? What we think is amazing. Now, over, over in the text, we find an interesting story of a guy that's not so amazing, but becomes amazed. We, we find in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, how Joseph gets in on the Christmas story. In Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, here's what Scripture says. By the way, some of you ask me, what version do you uh, teach or preach from? It's the English Standard Version, the ESV. And um, so you can find that on your iPad, on your iPhone, um, in Android, probably in some foreign language. And, um, and, but you can actually buy a real Bible, too. And you can, you, really, you can carry one of these. It's amazing. <laughs> Verse 18 says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. And I love that statement. 
I mean, he kind of sets the tone. Okay, what I'm about to say, this is how it really happened. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, now there's a key phrase, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. All right, do you see what's happened here? Joseph gets word that his girl is having a baby. And you know what Joseph's thinking? I know that kid's not mine. Oops. And he does according to what law says he can do. In the Jewish law at that time, he had every right by law to leave her alone and go do his thing. But just because it was lawful didn't make it right. So watch what happens. So we see in her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Now there's an interesting statement. You think he's a little fearful here? First of all, an angel has shown up. Secondly, the girl I thought I was going to spend my life with who has, who has saved herself for me, she's going to have a baby. And now what you're about to tell me is I'm going to be the earthly daddy of a heavenly son. This is not good, right? Don't fear. Those words might come a little bit short, all right? Now, now watch what happens. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, this is interesting. Joseph begins the process of knowing the amazing. Now, knowing something is really interesting to me. I mean, we, we know something, and then we know it to be truth, and then we know it to a degree that we count on it, and then we know it in such a way that we, we believe in it in this deep, sincere way. Now, some of you, some of you suffer from a disease that I have. Um, I suffer from a disease called terminal certainty. I am relatively sure I know things. Do, do any of you, are anybody there pretty sure you know stuff? You know you're right? Yeah? Okay, how many of you are sitting next to somebody that has that disease? Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally get that. I, I, I think I saw Dina Thigpen's can go up. Okay, so, so bottom line is we, we tend to all think we know stuff, don't we? I mean, I, we know that we know that we know right? I mean, we know things, right? But here's what I've learned. If we really know something, we trust that thing. And if we trust that thing, we can love that thing. So to know is to trust is to love. And when love is broken, it's usually over trust. And when trust is broken, we don't know what we thought we knew. Isn't that interesting? But what Joseph finds out here is that he can know the amazing has come to be a part of his world. He's going to know that the amazing God of all creation looked upon his creation, people like me and you, 
and said, they are so messed up that I am going to send my only son and I'm not going to send him in like a tidal wave like Megan sang about. I'm going to send him into that small little hamlet called Bethlehem. He's going to come in and the infinite is going to become an infant and we're going to change the world. And God saw his son. Now watch this. This is where theologically things get really great about the Christmas story. Jesus came not just as a little baby. He came fully God, yet fully man. He came as the son of God. He came as the son of man. He came born of a woman conceived by God. He came that he might understand and know all of our trials, all of our challenges, all of our hurts, all of our pains, and because he would know them, he would sacrifice his life, shed his blood for them so that he might return to heaven and create a home for all those that would believe in the man God, the baby Jesus. But you see, we don't just believe in the baby Jesus. We believe in the Jesus who grew to be a man and gave his life for you and I and walked out of a grave alive, having been dead, and went to heaven to prepare a home for all those that believe. You see, he knew the amazing. Now, could I just say to you that when, when Jesus came to Bethlehem, that was amazing. Joseph began to know the amazing. I mean, you know, to know the amazing is about being consistent, though. I mean, to trust is consistency. To, to, to commit to something is consistency. You ever been with your spouse and they just drove you crazy one day? You ever, ever been with your spouse and they just, just, just really, you just thought, they're driving me nuts? Some of you are thinking, yes, but you're afraid to say it so that they'll say they're driving me nuts. You know what happens, though, in a consistency of a relationship? You know what's happening? Something's going on in their world that's kind of rocked them a little bit. And you're there to provide the safe, consistent, trusting knowledge of knowing I'm always there for you. Knowing is trusting. Trusting is loving. Loving is committing. Joseph began a process of knowing the amazing. Today, I'd ask you, do you know the amazing? Do, do, you, do you in your heart, do you know that that baby Jesus came for you, not to stay in a manger, but to die as a man and to give his life for you and to rise from the dead as the king of kings, as the Lord of lords, that you might have life more abundantly here today and you might have it eternally in heaven? Do you know the amazing? Because you see, if you know the amazing, you're going to give a shout out to the amazing. You're going to shout out to the amazing. When I look at these scriptures, verse 18, Mary is pregnant. Verse 19, Joseph discovers what's going on. Verses 20 and 21, the angel tells Joseph what's going on. Verses 22 and 23, we're going to call him Emmanuel. Verses 24 and 25, Joseph does what the angel commanded. And thus the journey begins of Jesus knowing the amazing and now being able to give a shout to the amazing. Do you know why we sing what we sing? To give a shout to the amazing. Do you know why we have discipleship and community groups? So we can give a shout to the amazing. You know why we go to Haiti? To give a shout to the amazing. Do you know why we worship and raise our hands? Why we shout? Why we whistle? Every time I hear Morgan whistle, I think, yes, we're excited about what God's doing here. We're giving a shout to the Lord. He's doing something amazing. 
Every time I see old Angie Homer walk in over here, I, don't, I saw you somewhere, Angie, where are you? I know you're over here somewhere. Every time I see her come in church, you know what I think? She's amazing. I, she just makes my day to see her walk into church. I mean, just, I love that. Because the amazing lets us know where we are. He lets us know where we're going. We can trust our walk. We can be in love with the amazing. We can shout to him. Now I know, listen, not all of you are shouters. I get it. Some of you are like, you know, non-shouters. You shout kind of like this. That was good. I get it. That's your shout. I got it. I know some, some of you between now and the end of the world, no matter what is sung or what you do, I, your hands aren't going up. I get it. And you know what I'd say? Your hands going up isn't, a, it, that's just not proof of whether you're worshiping or not. That, that doesn't make you a greater worshiper, whether your hands are in the air or not. You know why? It's all in the heart. It's all in the heart. You know what I've learned about giving a shout to the Lord? And, and this, this is absolutely true, and I, I find it rather amazing that when we measure our words that come out of our mouth, they determine the distance of our relationships, especially our relationship with the Lord. The tongue, you see, is the tail of the heart, and the heart is known by how the tongue wags. What are you giving a shout to? I mean, we were watching the news the other night. I noticed CNN does this, Fox News does this. I mean, all of the shows do it now where across the bottom of the screen, there's this scroll and, and it's, not, it's not a ticker tape like, like stock prices or, or scores. It is an ongoing poll of what Americans believe or think about the topic they're talking about. And I noticed that to the right of the poll, you could see it go up and down consistently. And there was a pie graph that was consistently changing of what people thought and believed. If this week somebody were to be able to track you like they do uh, politicians or like they do uh, professional athletes or like they do some high-profile person, if they, if they were to track your tweets and your Facebook posts and your Instagrams and your Snapchats and if they were to, to follow like the NSA does what you say on your phone or what you text and they were to keep a running poll of what you had to say all week long, the week before Christmas, I wonder how much of that would be a shout to the amazing Christ who came for you, gave his life, shed his life, rose from the dead, went to heaven to prepare a home for you. How much of that in that pie graph would be a shout to the amazing? You say, well, Chuck, that's, that's not very Christmassy thought right there. But it is a pretty true an accurate perspective of what we know, what we believe we know, what we trust, what we believe we trust, and what we love and what we say we love. Now it's a big difference, isn't it? But you see, it's not just knowing the amazing. It's not just, it's not just shouting the amazing. He was created so that we might be created to do the amazing. We were created to do the amazing. I mean, I I think about that at times and I wonder through the power of Jesus, we were designed to serve others. What did Jesus say? The most important thing is to love God, love other people. How do you love other people? By serving other people. How do you serve other people? By loving them. By doing the amazing. I, I, I look at folks all around here and I look at the hundreds of Christmas presents you provided for children and we still are. And I think that's amazing. 
when Carrie Thomason and all of her crowd had all this cleaned up and all this room was set up for lift and those, those young teenage moms came in here and they didn't have a look of condemnation and nobody here condemned them or, or looked down upon them but simply were here to serve them. That's amazing. When me and Morgan walk the streets of Havana and I'm listening to him share with people in those, in those old homes that are just covered because there's no windows inside those holes in the wall and there's, there are smoke stains everywhere where they try to heat in Havana and cook from an open fire and I hear him share the story of Jesus and watch people through an interpreter say, yeah, I want him. That's amazing. When I think of more than 400 people in a little hamlet in Kenya who, because of what you do, provided a center for them, more than 400 people this year gave their life to Christ. That's amazing. When more than 100 people get baptized here in little old Sugar Hill, that's amazing. When more than 200 people join our church, that's amazing. When almost 400 people a week get in Bible study groups because of community groups, that's amazing. When I think of the amazing, we were built and made to do the amazing. At 9.30, a young couple sat straight back there in the back. And I was looking for them because my daughters invited them to this church. He's a ball coach at Norcross High School that happens to live in Swanee. And there he was here in enemy territory <laughs> to hear about the amazing. When I think of Diane and Carl Moffey, when I think of, when, when I think of Kristen Thigpen, and I, I think of Brittany going down to Haiti and loving on those little kids, you know what I think to myself? That's amazing. When I think of all that food you guys packed this year to send, that, that's doing the amazing. When I saw the changes in the lives of students coming back from student camp this past summer, that's amazing. When I see kids who are willing to go out there and just love on people for no other reason than the amazing lives inside of them, that's amazing. All year long, you know what I've watched God do in the hearts of the people around here? The amazing. We were built to do the amazing. Jesus came that we would do that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that we are, and let me quote, the living incarnation of Christ on earth. That is Christ Jesus's representatives and ambassadors on this earth. You know what that means? You weren't built to do the mediocre. You were built to do the amazing. <laughs> Students, when you go wrap all those presents at Walmart, you know what you were doing? The amazing when old Louis Grizzle delivers those, those, those brownies, he's doing the amazing. Every time a community group gets together and does something in the name of Jesus, it's amazing. You say, well, what makes it amazing? Now watch this, watch. This is what makes it amazing. You could just do all those good things and how sweet would that be? But the amazing thing is the only reason you did it was at one point, at some time in this year, you know what happened? The amazing Christ worked inside your heart and made you know and shout and do his work. And that, my friend, is amazing. So in your life this day, you know what I would ask you? What separates you from doing the amazing? Next Sunday, we'll, we'll start preparing for 2014. On January 5, we'll kick off a series called Greater. What is it that's greater than, and then you pick the blank. 
And you know, it's interesting. What stands between you and doing something amazing? You say, well, Chuck, you know what? My life is a disaster. Okay. In some shape, form, or fashion, that's probably about 98% of us in here. Chuck, my, my life just, it just I'm, not, I'm not living the way that God wants me to. Welcome to the club. Chuck, I, 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 need, I need to try to get myself right before I can really kind of do the, no, you don't. Not one time in the Bible does this say, tell you what, when you get all right, now you can come do the amazing. You know what he says? You come follow me and we'll do the amazing. You know what he said to Peter? <laughs> he told Peter, said, throw your nets on that side. Lord, we've been out here fishing all night. There's nothing happening here. Jesus, throw them out. So Peter throws the nets out and he pulls it up. And then what, what does Jesus look at Peter and say? He says, you know what? Come follow me. And Peter says, what are we going to, what, why? What are we going to do? And you know what he says? We are going to change the world. We're going to go do the amazing. I mean, think about it. This morning when you awakened, God stood there waiting on you to simply say, I want to know you, I want to shout about you, and I want to do everything you've commanded me to do, and that is amazing. But the choice gets to be yours. You get to pick whether you do the amazing or you settle for something less. You pick. You say, well, Chuck, did... Do you think God could really use me? You know, just do something a little awkward for me here for a minute. I want you to just look around at the people around you. Go ahead. I know it's awkward. Go ahead. Just look around. I, I know some of you are just too cool to do it. I get it. But just look around. You know what you see? Weirdos. They're everywhere. You know what else you see? You see people made in the image of God who he loves so much that he sent his own son to be born in a little hamlet of a virgin. That he might grow up and live this sinless, selfless, perfect life and then die for me and you. I was in a conversation this week with a Jewish fella and uh, he said, you know, when I, when I have to go home for my, my wife, I married a Baptist. I thought, well, that's an interesting gig there. He, he said, when I go home to my, my, my wife's family in South Georgia, every Christmas Eve service, I get to hear about how my people killed Jesus. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I looked at him, I said, you know, that might be in doubt right there. Now look right here, because you know who killed him? We did. It was our sin. It was my sin. It was your sin. That's what, that's what he died for. But he died so that you could know the amazing. You could say, Jesus, please forgive me. I know I have made a disaster in my life. Come clean me up, make me new. I want to turn around with my life. I want to live for you, not for me. You can say, I, I want to shout out your name. I, I want to accept your death, your burial, and your resurrection as payment for my sin. And I don't care who knows about it. I want people to know you're my savior. You're my king. You can know it. You can shout it. And then finally, you know what he says? Then go do it. Go walk the talk. 
Go do these things I've commanded you to do, and I'm going to be with you even until the end of the age because I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And you know what he says? Literally. He looks down at his kids and he says, Look at old Kenyon Knapp down there. That's my boy. I love him. I mean, you know what he does? He looks down and he says, Look at old Woody Nesbitt over there. That's my boy. I love him. I mean, God, the creator of the universe, looks down at old Scott Thomas and then he says, I love him. Look at him. He's perfect for this. Look, that's my boy. You know, what, you know what the God of all creation says to you? Come on and know me. Come, come, come on and talk about me. Look at what all we can do. And then let's go change the world. Let's go do the amazing. You say, well, Chuck, I'm in. I, that's what I want for this new year. That's what I want this Christmas. I want to do that. Then it's really this simple. Number one, you can know him. Jesus, I need you. You can talk about him. You can do exactly what we saw at 9.30. Somebody be baptized and say, I'm going to tell the world about Jesus and his death and his burial and his resurrection. I'm going to shout about the amazing. And then third, you can go do the amazing. And you know what you got to do to do the amazing? You got to get up off your hind end and do something and trust God to do something with your life. And stop talking about how someday I got to get my life right because Jesus picked normal folks just like the folks you turned your head around and saw and he said let's go change the world he picked you that's why he came so in the name of Jesus of Nazareth we could do the amazing would you pray with me the heads bowed with eyes closed listen friend on this Christmas week Whatever you do, don't miss the amazing. Be amazed. Be amazed of the goodness that God would send his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, to raise from the dead for you, and to provide a home for you, to give you life more abundantly, to bring you hope and joy so that you could talk about him and you could live for him and you could do the amazing. My friend, don't miss that. Lord Jesus, today... There are people in this room who need the amazing one to go before them. There are people in this room that for the first time they need to talk about and shout about the amazing one. And God, there are people today who may have known you for years, maybe decades, and for whatever reason, Lord, they're not doing the amazing because they're just not knowing and trusting and loving you. So God, I pray today as we begin this Christmas week, we would know you, we would shout to you, and we would do the amazing things you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus, our Christ, our Savior, our Lord, and our King, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen.